Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I'm Pastor Mark. Pastor Jay is out of town today. And I'm excited to be able to share with you the last in our series called The Joy of Christmas. Um, we have used as a, as, as a um, sort of an idea for The Joy of Christmas to take all of the angelic visits that uh, made Christmas happen. The visit to Elizabeth and to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds. Uh, and we're going to continue that today, but before, before it, I, I want to tell you just a couple of things, if, I, if, you, if you'll let me. I, I was thinking about Christmas Day and about the Christmas season, about how we have sometimes interruptions that happen. Now, I know in the, in the days of COVID, interruptions can happen. Good grief. How many people, I wonder, you know, got quarantined during Christmas? What an interruption that would be. Um, but there are other other interruptions. I mean, interruptions that happen like in the household. Like the other day, I heard about the child who the whole family had gathered around the Christmas table. And this child thought this would be a fun time for a joke. And the child screamed, there's a mouse under the table. It was pandemonium in the house. That's called an interruption at Christmas dinner for sure. Uh, interruptions happen. The, the other day at, at our house, we, we had uh, five grandchildren running around. We had one that was just a newborn that was peacefully sleeping during all the noise. Our, our five grandchildren were running around and playing and, and being loud. It was just incredible. They were full of Christmas wonder and full of Christmas joy and full of sugar <laughs> and toys and sugar. And they were running around and we decided, even though it was freezing cold outside, it would be a good idea to go outside and take some of that energy out. And so we somehow got them outside. And Peggy, my wife, says, Mark, go in the kitchen and get five cups, blue cups, and fill them with water and make sure every kid drinks the whole cup. And I dutifully did it. And I did it because I knew why. Because there's this thing in the Sims family that we all know that happened when I was five years old, and I was full of Christmas wonder and excitement and sugar and all those things, and I did not want to go to sleep on Christmas Eve night. I just was, I, I found out Santa was coming that night. It was all I could do to handle it. And I just, I just couldn't go to sleep. And every 30 minutes, I would scream from my room, Daddy, has he come yet? No, son, go to sleep. Daddy, has he come yet? It happened about every 30 minutes. My brother was in the bed with me, and every time he would wake up and he would hit me or something, but it didn't matter. I kept doing it. Finally, about 4 o'clock in the morning, my dad, exhausted, said, Yes, everyone, get up now. We got up, and I want to tell you this. This little fella played with my toys till four o'clock in the afternoon, solid. Didn't, didn't need to eat or anything. At four o'clock, I fell asleep. They couldn't get me awake to put me to bed. So they took me to the emergency room. I interrupted Christmas big time. Spent the night in the hospital on IVs because I was dehydrated. So you understand why Mark Take these five cups of water outside, give them to the kids, because we don't want another interruption. Well, you know, there was an interruption in Jerusalem one day 
when these people called wise men, magi, showed up in Jerusalem and interrupted everything. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 7, I want to read this to you. Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening up their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. You know, Matthew was the only one of the gospel writers who actually recorded this story. Um, I am certain that Mary and Joseph uh, told that story after it happened, and I'm sure that Mary especially told the disciples. They, Matthew was one of them, so he knew all about it. He decided it would be a good idea to record this incredible story. But I guess we have to ask ourselves the question, who were these people known as the wise men or the, the magi? Well, here's what they were. They were a mixture of Eastern religion and scientific astronomy. They were educated scientists who had made a religion out of it. They studied the stars, not like astrology, but astronomy. You know where they knew all the stars were? And they had developed a system back about 500 years before Christ where they divided the, the, the uh, heavens into a grid and like this little grid over here, this was Egypt, and this was Babylon, and this was Iran, and this was this, and this was this, and this was Israel. And wherever the stars were in the grid told them, they thought, what was going on or what was happening or what needed to be known. So sometime in all this, these guys were studying the star, and they noticed in the grid that belonged to Israel, the Jews, a bright star had arisen and was shining. Now, I, I don't know. It might have been Jupiter and Saturn. Y'all saw that last week, I guess, where Jupiter and Saturn got together. You'll see it again, I think, in about 600 years. Um, but uh, it, I don't know what it was, but um, there was this bright star that rose there. And for some reason, they thought, well, a king has been born. Well, I know, I know why. Because Daniel... Yes, Daniel, in the Old Testament, was in charge of these guys. He was in charge of the, the group of men known as the Magi. They were, they were the scientists. He was in charge of them. And he, no doubt, taught them the Jewish scriptures. He, no doubt, showed them the words of Moses from Numbers, chapter 24, verse 17, where he said, talking of the Messiah, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near a star will arise in Jacob and a royal scepter in Israel. And so they knew by what Daniel had taught them and passed down over the generations that when a bright star appears, that means a king has been born in Israel. And so they saw it and said, hey, we need to go. And they headed out. Daniel is the one, by the way, that called them wise men. 
Daniel, when Daniel had a dream that he was supposed to interpret, the Bible said the king called the magi in to interpret the dream and they couldn't do it. And Daniel said, although the wise men cannot do it, my God will do it. And so Daniel sort of like one-ups the, the magi, you know. It wasn't an unheard of thing that, that they would come and pay homage to a king. Did you know that Roman records show that in, I think it was in 66 A.D., uh, when Christianity was just young, Apostle Paul was out preaching, there were, the Roman historians said, Magi went to Rome to celebrate the new emperor, Nero. They brought gifts to him. So it was not an unheard of thing. In fact, Matthew wrote his gospel about this time. So Matthew, I think, thought, hey, that just happened in Rome. I'll record that because people understand that's what they do. So he recorded in the New Testament for us. I think that's sort of a cool thing. Well, the Magi arrived and interrupted everything in Jerusalem. The, we know, the reason we know it's an interruption is because earlier in the chapter, Matthew wrote, all of Jerusalem was troubled when they showed up. Now, folks, I know we think about three wise men. It was probably an entourage of at least three. It was probably hundreds of people on camels and stuff showing up in Jerusalem. And everybody freaked out. And they said, we're coming to celebrate the birth of a new king, and everybody was troubled. And here's why they were troubled. Herod was the king, and Herod was not real happy about anybody else wanting to be king. Herod was a paranoid, crazy man. And Herod, let me tell you how crazy he was. Herod killed two of his wives, and his two favorite sons who were heirs to the throne, he thought they were going to try to get the throne quickly, and he had them drown in a swimming pool. He paid people to drown them. That, I mean, when, when daddy ain't happy in that house, ain't nobody happy. And that's how it was. All of Jerusalem was troubled because Herod was going to be beside himself. What, what, what were they going to do? What, 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 who was going to pay the price for this? Who was going to get the, the, the bad end of this stick? Well, about two years later, all the little baby boys in Bethlehem got the bad end of the stick, and they were murdered by Herod, who was paranoid. So Herod summons the, the wise men, the magi, in and said, Hey, tell me when you find this king, let me know so I can come and honor him too. Yeah, really. Now, Herod's father was, Herod wasn't even Jewish. Herod's father was an Idumean. He, that means he's from the land Old Testament calls Edom, uh, ancient, ancient enemies of Israel. Herod was an Idumean whose mother was half Jewish. So Herod said, oh, I'm Jewish because my mother's half Jewish. And the Romans said, we need somebody to lead. And so the Romans put him on the throne. He was not a legitimate king. He was not from David's line. He was not from the tribe of Judah. He was not Jewish. But he called himself the king of the Jews. But he wasn't the king of the Jews. He tried to win the Jews' uh, hearts by building onto the big temple in Jerusalem and making it a showplace, which it was. But it didn't win their hearts. They knew what kind of crazy man he was. In fact, get this, Herod was so paranoid that Herod had it worked out that when he died, he ordered his army to pick one popular man in every village and kill him so that all of Israel would weep on the day of his death. And by the way, when he died, the soldiers did not do it because they were happy too that he was dead. 
That's, that's what happens with paranoid leaders. <clears throat> Herod was a piece of work. <laughs> he was not the true king. He knew he was not the true king. And the Magi were looking for the true one. Well, they found him. The scripture says that they saw the star appear again when they got to Jerusalem. Now, it says they saw the star appear again, and it came and, and uh, went over the house where the child was in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was about six, six or seven miles away from Jerusalem. Now, I know that stars, like suns that were out there, don't just zip down here and go over this house with a little arrow going down here, 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 here. I know that. I know that. But what it was was they saw in the grid... They saw the star appear, and they saw it appeared that something went that way and went right over it. Probably an angel, most likely an angel. The Bible even says angels are called stars because they often appear like that. And so probably an angel went, hey, God's still in this. Here, come follow me. And they went this way, and they went, and they got to this whole town of Bethlehem. And I don't know if the angel just went or whatever. I don't know. But they found Mary and the little one, and they fell down and worshipped him, gave him his gifts. And then the angels did something else. The Bible says, just like the angels appeared to Elizabeth and Zechariah and Mary, and Joseph and the shepherds, in a dream, angels told the magi, the wise men, don't you go back to Jerusalem. You just go home. Just go to the house, but don't go through Jerusalem. Leave Herod out of this. Herod probably would have killed him if they'd come and said, hey, he's in Bethlehem anyway. So to be simple, the Magi were looking for a true king, and they found him. Herod was not him. So the Magi, even though Herod ordered them, tell me where the child is. They deliberately disobeyed Herod, deliberately disobeyed Herod, but paid homage to the true king. Why did they disobey Herod? Because he was an illegitimate king. He was not supposed to be the king. God had not placed him on the throne of Israel. The Romans did. Herod claimed to be king of the Jews, but he wasn't the king of the Jews. The Magi had seen the sign that shows that the king of the Jews were born, and they knew because of Daniel and Isaiah the prophet and all the different ones, that it wasn't Herod, sure wasn't him. So they did this. They ignored the fake king, and they paid homage to the real king, the true king. Back in the 1980s, there was, a, to everyone's surprise, there was an album that came out by Bob Dylan called Slow Train Coming." And Bob Dylan announced that he had been converted to Christianity. So how many remember that? Okay, good Jesus music folks. Freddie, yeah, good Jesus music people here. And um, I, I got that album, and I loved it. And my favorite song on there was one called You Gotta Serve Somebody. Gonna Serve Somebody. And uh, let me just read the lyrics to you, some of the lyrics. You might be an ambassador to England or France. You might like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with long string of pearls. 
But you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Now, it might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Oh, I love that. And the way he sang it, you know, Bob Dylan has that weird voice. You know, he, he, you may be an ambassador of England of Rams. So good. I tried to imitate it. It was great. Just like Bob Dylan to write that, the words were true and they were really powerful. As much as we want to be independent and free and say that we control our own destiny, we can do whatever we want, we want the freedom to make all of our decisions, the truth is there will be a king over us somehow. We're going to serve somebody. This, all of, um, while we're life on this earth, while we're on this earth, it's a choice, the number one choice that makes the difference on this earth is who we serve. It's a choice we make. Who are we going to serve? Who or what do we serve does matter. It does matter. Even if you don't want it to matter, it matters. I have a question for you today. Who you serve? Let me ask you. In the coming year, which we don't even know what this year holds, who are you going to serve? Will it be the Lord? Will it be the true king? Will it be money? Will it be our culture? Will it be your income? Will it be leisure? Will it be sports? Will it be education? Will it be family? Will it be fear? Will it be government? Will it be politics? Who are you going to serve? You have to serve somebody. Which king's authority are you going to obey? Which king's authority are you going to not obey? We have only one king who's worth serving, obeying, worshiping. Jesus Christ and him alone. Will you be as wise as the Magi? Will you serve the true king and ignore the fake one? Remember this. This is my first point. I just finished it. <laughs> the Magi honored the true king. Will you? You know, I'm also enchanted when I read this story by the words that Matthew chose when he wrote this story. At the very end, it says, and they departed to their own country by another way, by another way. So here's my second point. The Magi went home another way. You know, I like the wording of that, another way. In, in the Greek New Testament, which is what Matthew wrote his gospel in, he used the word alas, halas. Alas halas, for another way. The word alas in Greek means another, and halas means way. It can be translated road, street, route, uh, trail. But usually in the scripture, it's not translated that way. Usually it's translated in a way that's a lot broader than just a road. 
It means a way of life. It sort of means journey of life. It's, it's the word Jesus used when I am the way, the truth, and the life. He wasn't talking about a road. He was talking about life's journey. It's the word James used when he said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It's not talking about his roads. It's talking about his ways, the way he lives his life. It's what Paul used when he instructed Timothy and he said, follow and teach the ways of Christ. There's something about those super educated, trained in Zoroastrian religionism people, stargazers, that after they visited the true king, they changed their ways. They went home a different way. Not just a different road. They went home a different way. I want to tell you a really neat thing that I did not know until I was really preparing this message. That guy that I told you started a religion named Zoroaster. He's the guy that started this religion that they were a part of. He made a statement. The statement he made was this. God will never be known unless he reveals himself in human form. <laughs> oh yes, the guy that invented the whole star thing that the wise men studied said, God will never be known until he reveals himself in human form. And the God in heaven is going, ha ha, I got him to say that. When they saw the true king, it changed their lives. It changed their ways. They were transformed. I'm reminded of a beautiful scene in, in the, uh, the, the TV series that some of you've watched called The Chosen. How many of you have watched or heard of The Chosen? Oh, it's just the greatest thing that ever hit TV, for sure. Um, the Chosen, it's, it's the life of Jesus like it's a, like it's a TV series. Um, and, and they're in the middle of making season two now. But in one of those episodes, it's about Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene had been tormented by demons. The Bible tells us that, tormented by demons. And in the story, Nicodemus, the, the Pharisee, came to do exorcism over her and free her from the demons, but he was unable to do so. And he was totally dejected that it didn't work. And then Mary Magdalene meets Jesus, and the Bible says that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. And Nicodemus sees her one day and realizes she's, she's, she's well. She's not demon-possessed anymore. And he goes to her, and he asks her, what happened? What happened? And I love what Mary Magdalene said in, in the show. Here's, what, here's her quote. Well, sir, here's all I can tell you. I was one way, and now I'm completely different. That's called another way. That's transformation. That's something only God can do. That's what happened to the gods. They, they met the true king and they went home transformed. Mary Magdalene met the true king and she lived the rest of her life transformed. It's a miracle of transformation. It's what happens when you choose to recognize the real king. When you choose to place him as Lord of your life. You plan to go one way, and then you meet Jesus, and you go another way. It's the greatest testimony that can ever be given. I was one way, 
And now I'm completely different. Just a show of hands. How many of you, looking back at your life, say, before Jesus, I was one way, and now I am completely different? Look at that. Look at that, a whole place full of Mary Magdalene's. A whole place full of wise men. Yeah, you're wise when you meet the king and you go another way. In 2021, i got to ask you a question. It's a decision you really just need to make today. This next year, I'm going to serve the true king. He's going to guide my life. I'm going to give him everything. I'm going to serve him. He is going to be my Lord. I give him my life. And as a result, you will be transformed. 2020 has sort of transformed all of us, but I, I want to be the one. Tra- I want to be transformed by him. I want to transform 2021 instead of it transforming me. And we can do that. When the church of Jesus Christ steps up, transformed, we can transform what happens in this year. I really believe that with all of my heart. I believe it with all of my heart. We're not victims. The Bible says we are filled with the power of God. But that only happens if you choose the true king and you go another way. Will you bow your heads just for a second? Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful that the Magi found you that day. And went home another way. And I am so glad, Lord, one day I found you. And I've been different ever since. And I'm thankful, God, that in this, in this auditorium, there are a lot of people that have the same testimony. But God, I also know there are people in this room. There are people that are watching online right now. They have not met the true king. Or they forgot their king. And Lord, they need that miracle of transformation. Lord, I ask you. Lord, I ask you to show them. Show them right now how important it is that they make that decision now to guide them in the coming year. Oh, Lord, we declare you are the true king, and we will serve you and you alone. And in doing so, we will live our lives another way. Father, I pray that anybody in this room that has not made that decision will receive you right now.